I'm on page Reish Aleph, 201, and two lines from the top. So we've just been speaking about um, these Mishalim uh, for the three stages, the Maitzel, the Emanator, the infinite essence of Hashem, is the Emanator, the source of the ten spheres, and then the ten spheres are hidden within the Emanator, and then the last stage is the ten revealed spheres in the world of Atzilus. Um So the ten spheres, how they're hidden within the essence of Hashem, they're not a Metzius, how they are in a revealed way, like Chachma and Chesed. Um, they are not Chachma and Chesed Mamish, rather they're totally pushed, they're totally stripped from any specific tzir and any specific uh, existence, of a defined existence. Rather, they're just abstract sources for all types of chesed, all expressions of chesed, all expressions of uh, gvura. However, all these mashalim that we said, they're only to understand how the ten spheres which are hidden are not nigle, they're not a revealed existence. However, nevertheless, they are all these mashalim and all the mashalim we spoke about, um, whether it be the 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 flame and the coal or the the midas how they exist within seichel, all these mashalim are only showing you that they're not a mitzvah nigla. That the ten spheres, these mashalim are just showing you that the that's for example the the flame how it's in the coal it's not a revealed mitzvah, but nevertheless it still is a mitzvah of a coal, a mitzvah of a flame. Within the coal, it, it, there is a matias of a flame, and so too the midas how they're in the seichel, even though they're not a revealed matias of midas, but they are it's still still a matias of midas. And you see that the seichel has within it this this kiloyin chuka has a desire, but that's the whole idea of midas. Um, so we see that there at least there is this uh, matias, even though it's not a matias morgeshes uh, a felt matias, but it's a matias. There is matias of midas within the seichel. There is Matthias of a Shalhevis within the Gechelis. So, and also in the Kech HaMaskil, the Kech HaMaskil, the sort of abstract source of Seichel, even though it's not a Matthias, there's not a Matthias of a specific Ascolis within the Kech HaMaskil, nevertheless, it is Matthias Seichel. It's still defined as only a abstract source for Seichel, not for Midas. So it's not totally Mufshat Mushlal, not totally negated from any type of Seichel. Rather, it's Be'etzim, it is essentially... It is a Matthias of Seichel. It's only the source of Seichel. Um, it's only Mushlul from Seichel and Gluim, from revealed Seichels, which are Matthias Mamish, from Murgish which was felt. The Kech HaMaskil is totally Mushlul from that type of Seichel, a Seichel Murgish and Nigla. And therefore, it's just an abstract source for all types of Seichel. But nevertheless, it's not Mushlul from the whole idea of Seichel. Rather, it is Seichel the Etzim. In its very essence, it's defined as Seichel. It is a hamshacha from the soul. It's a drawing down from the energy, the totally abstract, undefined energy of the essence of the soul to be a source specifically for all types of seichel. So therefore, it must it is seichel v'etzim. And therefore we see that there are changes within the k'echa maskil. If k'echa maskil would be something essential that was... Um, totally one with the essence of the soul, it would not have any changes within it, because kol etzim bilti mishtana, anything essential is not subject to change. But we see this, the kecha maskil has changes. Sometimes, when a person is younger, he has a less revelation of the kecha maskil. When he's older, he gets more of a revelation, or in different types of people, 
a person who is more patient is, is ma'ayin very deeply into everything he learns until he comes to the proper uh, halacha conclusion, that person has more of a gili of the kayacha maskil. Whereas a person who's a kharifa maksha, he's very sharp, but he only, he's only left with questions. He can't get out of his confused question state. That person doesn't have such a intense revelation of the kayacha maskil. So being that there are, it's possible to have these changes within the kayacha maskil, it's self-understood that it's not a kayacha Rather, it's a hamshacha from the essential kayach within the essence of the soul. And the etzim, that's a fact that we see that there are differences between people. There is, there is a and masik or a chorif maksha that shows you also which that the which the fact that there are these differences in people it must be that kechamaskal is also not a kechatzmi, rather it's amshachan. Therefore, it's shaykh to change. And therefore, the kechamaskal must be since it has changes, which is not an atzmi. Therefore, it must be a mitzias already. If it's not an atzmi, which is totally mushal from any type of mitzias, it's not an atzmi. It's amshachal. Therefore, it must be a mitzias with a certain seer already of seichel. And that's why there's also changes and this person is smarter and this tchum of Chochmah and the other person is smarter and the other tchum of Chochmah and even within one chokh, within one tchum of Chochmah a person understands it this way another person understands it another way that shows you that there's already a tzir within the Kechamaski within the abstract source of Seichel which defines how a person will understand things and how he will be smart in certain tchum of Chochmah and certain other tchum he's not so smart in. So from all this we understood we understand that the Kecha Maskil is still a Metzius of Seichel. But, however, in the analog, in Godliness, in the Ten Sphiris Agnuzis, which is, this is all these Mashalim, that the Shalhavis inside the Gechelis, or the Midis, how they are in the Seichel, the Kecha Maskil, all these Mashalim, or Mashalim for the Ten Hidden Sphiris within the Maitzel, in the Emanator, you cannot say this idea. Meaning, with these ten hidden spheres, we have to say that they're all—they are not imitzias at all. Not not only are they not imitzias nigla, they're not even imitzias laatzman. And that was what we're going to go on to explain here. The yuvanze, two lines at the top. Yuvanze al derech moshel mitzur cholamish. So we understand this idea more clearly. How the ten spheres agnuzis, the hidden spheres, are not even imitzias to themselves. And we understand this more by way of analogy from the idea of the tzur cholamish than the flintstone. A stone, which when you hit it very hard against another surface, a hard surface, it fire comes out of it. It's able to bring about bring about fire or sparks, and then from these sparks bring about a fire. Within the flintstone, there is no existence of fire fire at all. Whereas in the coal, within the coal, there is a mitzias of a shalhevis. There is this. Potential, but not just a potential. There's an actually existence of a fiery, uh, uh, actual fire within the coal, burning embers. That's why you see when the coal burns, the actual coal itself inside of it, there is a flame. Whereas this stone, it never becomes burning, but it can cause sparks to come out from it. So there is no matzias of fire within this stone. Whereas in the coal, there is a matzias of fire, a flame. Rather, this flintstone has. The power has the potential of heat, has this power of heat within it. But there's not actually a metzias of a flame of fire within it. But actual existence of fire does not is not exist within this flintstone. Whereas within the coal, there is an existence of fire. As you see, that when you burn it, when you put the, this, the coal on fire, the inside of the coal is actually burning. This flintstone never will actually burn. It, can, it has heat and therefore it can produce sparks. But it, inside the coal itself, there's no existence of fire. Uh, and the proof that this flintstone does not have a metzias of fire within it is that even if you put it in the water, 
it will not extinguish, it will not take away the ability that the Flintstone to produce sparks. Because the Flintstone does not have an existence of actual fire within it at all. Therefore, you can't extinguish the fire that's, because there is no fire within it. It just has this this power of heat, and therefore it can produce sparks. So to explain this, the idea is like this. There is two levels within Helen, within something which is concealed. Like we're talking about the Ezra's the ten spheres which are hidden within the Maitzel, or the Koyach of Choim, this power of heat which is hidden within the Flintstone, or the flame which is hidden within the Gechelis. So there's two stages or two levels within something which is hidden. Ha'alif, Helen, Shiyesh, and There is a idea of a hidden Koyach, um, which something which is hidden but is Yesh, and it's hidden, but it still has an existence to it, like the flame. Like the hidden, the concealed nature of the flame, the flame within the coal. There is still at least an existence of fire within the coal, as you see that when you burn the coal, the actual coal is burning. So there is a metzias of fire within this, within this um, coal. It, it's a it's hidden within the coal you don't see it only after you reveal it but it's a it's even when it's hidden within the coal it is a metzias of ash of, of there and so to the emotions how they exist hidden within the intellect they're even though they're not revealed but they are a metzias of, of midas there that's why you have the um the metzias of a chuka you have a chuka or a spilus excitement within your within your mind and that is shows you that there is a metzias of midis of excitement within the mind, then the seichel kmeikin a seichel kashuhu bekech hamaskil adayin, and also this idea of seichel when it's still included within the abstract source of seichel should be called makin him mechinas mitzias kanal. That even that nevertheless there is this mitzias of this seichel within the kech hamaskil. It's not a mitzias, not a revealed mitzias. It's totally stripped from any tzir, but it's still there. The seichel still exists within the kech hamaskil, but in a more abstract state. The second stage of Helam is Helam It's a stage of concealment, something which is hidden, but it's, it's hidden in a way where it doesn't exist at all in its hidden state. Like, for example, we said before, the fire within the Flintstone. There is no existence of fire within the Flintstone, as opposed to the um, existence of fire, which the Sulhavs exists within the Gechelis. Like you see, what it's actually burning, the fire is there. The fire does not exist within the Flintstone. The Flintstone only has this this power of heat within it, and therefore it can produce sparks, but it doesn't have the existence of fire within it. And so too we understand this idea within the soul. This idea of these two stages of Like the the true abstract power of intellect which exists within the actual essence which is rooted in the very essence of the soul not the how it's an abstract source for seichel it's already become defined it's already hamshacha from the soul now this is talking about the idea of seichel which the soul itself has because of the shlemus like we said before because the shlemus of the etzim it's the ultimate complete essence though it is a part of Hashem therefore just like Hashem and his essence is ultimate completeness the soul is, is totally complete therefore it must have all koiches within it so it must have Within its essence, this potential of for seichel. So the idea of seichel, how it's totally abstract, hidden within the very essence of the soul, 
rooted within the very essence of the soul. At that stage, within the, totally within the essence of the soul, is not it's not yet has, it doesn't have any hamshacha, any drawing down or any revelation from the soul itself. And it's not yet in a stage you cannot call it an actual existence of seichel at all yet. It's just the potential that the essence of the soul has because it is the ultimate complete essence, the complete entity that also has the ability for seichel, but not that it is actually an existence of a revealed defined seichel yet. Um, not at all. Rather, seichel there and the true essence of the soul is the utmost, utmost simplicity and totally stripped from any de- definition, just like the pshitas and nefesh, the simplicity of the, the abstract essence of the soul itself is totally abstract and totally simple without any definition. And so too is with the the power of chesed, of kindness. Uh, power of kindness, and all the other powers that the soul has, that how all these keiches exist within the within the within how they're rooted in the very essence of the soul, they are all and totally simple without any definition at all. The lachain, and because of this, because that at this how they are totally in the, in the very essence of the soul, they have no definition whatsoever, and they're totally complete and abstract. Uh, they can totally can reside together within the soul with a true inclusiveness and a unity and they are as if they are totally one entity because being that they are in the utmost simplicity meaning totally stripped from any definition they are not a existence at all. They don't have a seer, a defined, limited um, existence at all. Therefore, they are in a state of inclusiveness and unity, a true unity, because they don't have any existence, which one existence would be uh, a steer to the other's existence, would get in the way of the other's existence. At this stage, they have no defined existence. Therefore, they can all reside together and like one like one entity, and similarly, we'll be able to we'll be able to understand this idea of the ten hidden sfiris. After understanding the idea of a helim she'ene b'mitzias, like the kechasar and the rooted in the very essence of the soul, or like the like the kayachachayim, which is in the surah um, So the helim she'ene b'mitzias, it's a concealed state which doesn't actually exist. These, so the ten hidden spheres, they are the shorshe hasphires. These are the roots, the root for all the spheres, meaning the root for the spheres, how they become revealed in the world of Atsilas. But at this stage, it's commotion includes batsmusis, but how the spheres are totally absorbed and included within the very essence of Hashem, just like the Kechus and Nefesh are included within the very essence of the soul. And at that stage, they are, on, they are not a defined, revealed, limited existence at all. They're totally abstract and totally simple, just like the simplicity of Hashem's essence. Just like these essential soul powers, soul faculties, meaning the soul faculties of Chesed, Gvuda, all these soul powers that the soul has in a revealed way, after their soul is already nimshach into these keiches, but how these faculties exist within the, how they're totally rooted within the essence of the soul, they're totally stripped and totally negated from the realm, the whole idea, the definition of existence, 
of a seer of a specific existence of a certain seer of existence. They don't have a defined existence at all, how they are rooted within the essence of the soul. And just like the power of fire within the flintstone, it's not an existence of fire at all, how it exists, how it exists within the flintstone. It's just a heat, a characteristic of heat that the flintstone has, but not within the, the flintstone itself, there is no existence of fire. And so too, we can apply this to the ten hidden spheres hidden within Hashem's very essence, even though they are in an aspect and a level of spheres, you call, we're calling them spheres, nevertheless, they are not a defined, limited existence of spheres. Being that they are not a defined existence yet, and they are totally simple and totally stripped from any tzir, therefore they have, they're in a state of utmost, of a true inclusiveness, Chesed is totally nichol, is kol with gvuda. They're all included together and totally unified as if they're totally one existence. Because each one doesn't have its own revealed existence yet, its own seer, therefore, they, what is separating them? What is defining their separation? Only after they become revealed existences, you can say, this is chesed, this is gvuda, but when they're totally rooted in Hashem's true essence, and they don't have a revealed existence yet, even to themselves, so what is separating them that you can define, this is chesed, this is gvuda? They're totally using a true unity. And this is now why Hashem is called the Tzur. Hashem is called the Tzur, the rock, or the source, the rock of our life. And now connecting it back to the Tzur of the rock, the Flintstone. Like we say, Hashem is the rock of our life. Because, just like this idea of the Flintstone, it is the source for the spark which comes out from it, but not. But the spark does not exist within it in a revealed way, in a defined way. So just like, so to Hashem, in His very essence, He is the Tzur He is the rock of our life. Meaning, He is the source, the root and the source for all the roots and all the revealed roots and for all of creation. And all the these sources of creation which exist within Hashem's essence, they are all existing within Him in a helim she'enim in a true helim, true um, concealed state, which doesn't exist at all. Just like in Hashem in His true essence, is totally pashat and mufshat and mushlo from all gedr metzius, all tzir, so too all these shorshay all these roots of all of existence, meaning the roots of existence are the ten spheres. All these ten spheres are the source of all different types of existence. Water it comes from chesed, Eish comes from Vuda, all existence stems from the ten spheres. But how these sources of existence exist within Hashem's true essence, they are there in a truly poshut way, mufshut, stripped from any defined existence. A helen, it's totally a total helen she'enimunti is a state of concealment which doesn't have a real a real existence, but labor pearl, not in actuality. Which is bar with the the maskalki, but you must As explained, the Kudetera, the Mimer entitled Kibidim is a chaper, Yim Kippur Mimer. First one. Now, according to these ideas which are explained and the different stages of the ten spheres, how they're revealed, how they're hidden in uh, within Hashem's very essence, and they have no revealed existence there, and they have no even existence to themselves, no defined existence there, and then the true essence of Hashem, we'll be able to understand the two names of Hashem which appear in the 13 attributes of mercy. Havaya, Hashem, Hashem, Kel Racham, We say two times Hashem. 
and there's always it says in Chassidus there's a psik time of a gavaya there's a little marking in the chumashim that separates between these two shemei savaya to show you that these are two different levels of shemei as explained in other places in Chassidus that there's a vaya de leilo a vaya de zata the higher level of vaya and lower level of vaya dehine so what are these two shemei which appear before the thirteen attributes of mercy havaya havaya kill racha machan and then it goes on to says all the the, the attributes of Hashem's mercy so. The 13 attributes of mercy are actually the source for all of creation. As explained in the Tater Air, the Mimer entitled Rasisa Tzitz, explains the idea of on the Tzitz, it was uh, different opinions, but one opinion is it was Kedesh Lashem, it was written on the Tzitz, Kedesh Lashem. Holy to Hashem. Kedesh Lamid, the the words Kedesh and then the word the letter Lamid were on the matter or were below on the bottom and line, so to say, of the tzitz and 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 then Havaya Lamaila and then Kedesh Lashem Havaya was actually above those Kedesh Lamid. Um. So over there it explains that the Yigim Zrachim are actually the source for all of creation. Regarding the tzitz, so kihagam the yigim mizrachim him v'dereges kveis me'ed. Even though there are thirty attributes of mercy are actually very high levels, lofty levels in godliness, the kamakim him shayachim b'chinasil. Nevertheless, they still have a relationship, a connection to the limited to creation, to the world. Okmeshikasuv, as it says and implied in a deeper explanation of this verse, is chir rachem mecha v'chasadecha ki me'elam hema. Hashem, remember, we're saying, please, in the simple explanation, remember your mercies and your kindness. And your kindness is because they have always existed. You've always been kind to us, so please be kind to us now. But the deeper Hasidic explanation is that remember your mercy, referring to the Yogim Mizrachim, the 13 attributes of mercy, and your kindness, because because they are from the world, meaning they have a relationship with worlds. So even though these are very lofty levels in godliness, source their source for all of creation, but they're still the source for creation. They have a relationship with creation. If they're to, if it's a direct source for creation, a source for the energy of, that includes itself in creation, enlivens all of existence, vitality of creation. Therefore, it must have a relationship with with these limited worlds. So, the Yud Mizrachim are they are the source for all of creation. Uh, so. They are the source for all bringing into being of all of existences within the world. All creations are rooted in the 13 attributes of mercy. As it's written in in the gateway of Yigulim Yesher, the circles and the Yesher, which are referring to two levels in divinity, usually to save the Mamalikulam, the infinite revelation of Hashem, the finite revelation of Godliness. Save Anaf Hay, the end of this Anaf Hay, the fifth branch. That's how it's split up in in Eitzchayim, branches instead of chapters. Over Eitzchayim, with Chilose, and in the Eitzchayim in the beginning, Vezelachayim, and this is what it says: Kikasher Olu Britzayni Lahaitzal Natsolim Lisibes Hanaydois. When it arose in Hashem's will to emanate, to bring into being the emanations of the world of Atzilus, to the reasons which are known to us only to Hashem. And this is that when Hashem is called merciful 
and gracious, slow to anger, and similar expressions. Because if there was no, no existence in the world that could receive Hashem's mercy, then how could Hashem be called merciful? So we see, this is the end of the expression of the Eitzchayim and the Eitzchayim, that basically we see when Hashem wanted to bring into being the highest world, meaning the beginning of all existence of the world of Atzilus, to the reasons known only to Him, um, this is when He became called Rachum Chanun, basically Hashem wanted to create everything, and that is the moment when He was called by these names, Rachum Chanun, in which all these names are different attributes of the 13 attributes of mercy. And the whole idea of Hashem being merciful, or being gracious, or being slow to anger, is only possible when there's a world, when there's an existence, when there's a being to be merciful to. So we see that the whole idea of these 13 attributes of mercy are the source for creation. The moment when Hashem was called, was so to say defined as being a Rachman, or a Chazdan, kind or merciful, at that very moment, there was brought into being a receiver for that kindness, that mercy. So here we see clearly from Sifri Kabbalah that the 13 attributes of mercy are sources for all of creation. The moment that Hashem was aroused to have to create the worlds, and that is when he was basically called by the, all these attributes: kind, merciful, slow to anger. And when he was called by these attributes, defined by these these attributes, they can only apply when there is a receiver of these attributes. Therefore, they are the source for the receivers for the creations which receive these um, the these influence of these attributes: mercy, kindness, etc. Um, and the Eitzes Chaim Sham over there at the beginning of Eitzes Chaim Ba'aga in the note all the, so all these all these all these descriptions of Hashem kind, kind, merciful, slow to anger are only possible to apply to him from the world of Atzilus and below but applying to the true infinite essence of Hashem, there is no description or name at all that can be applied to Him. Until here is the end of the Haggah and the Eitz Chaim. So we see clearly here that the whole idea of all these descriptions of the 13 attributes of mercy, kind, merciful, is only applicable from the beginning of existence from the world of Atzilus and below. So we see clearly that the 13 attributes of mercy are the source for all of existence. There must be a receiver of these attributes, the moment that Hashem was arose, the moment that Hashem, so to say, became defined as a Rachman or a Chazdan or a at that very moment there was created the receivers, the creations which receive that influx, that influence from those attributes. But to Hashem, in His very essence, infinite essence, you cannot apply any specific description or name because that would be already defining His essence, and He's totally above all definition. And through, through this explanation of the 13 aspects of mercy being the source of creation, this is how we answer the question of the Chaykirim in the Sifre Chakira. How is it possible to apply descriptions to the infinite essence of Hashem? The answer is that in truth, the idea of names and descriptions to Hashem, names, whatever it be, all the names of Hashem, the seven 
um, names that you're not allowed to erase. Kale, Avikim, Avaya, Shakai, all these names. And also the, all the descriptions, Racham, Chanun, Erechapayim, all descriptions describing Hashem's characteristics are only possible, the only relatable, they can only apply to levels of divinity which are already have a relationship, a connection to worlds, meaning the limited levels of godliness which are already contracted, um, diminished revelations of godliness, which to those diminished revelations can now apply a certain seer. They can take on a certain seer of all these different names and descriptions of ways that Hashem interacts with the worlds. Only in connection to the worlds can you apply these descriptions to Hashem. But to Hashem is very infinite essence. It's not possible to apply any of these descriptions or names at all. Because Hashem in his very essence is the only true, true is the only thing that exists. From Hashem's perspective, in his very essence, there is no room for anything else. Everything before him is as if it doesn't exist at all. And it truly doesn't exist in Hashem's very essence. It doesn't there is no room for any other existence. And therefore, if there is no room for any other existence, there is no room for calling him by any name, because a name would, would would obligate that there is something which is receiving from that name. Because the name only means this is describing how Hashem is interacting with the world in certain ways defined by certain characteristics, in a kind way, in a severe way, in a judging way. This is already defining divinity and how it relates to creation. So by Hashem, in His very essence, there is no relation with creation. There is no creation. Nothing else exists. So it's not impossible to apply a name to that level where there is no world. There is no possibility for creation because these names obligate that there must be a makabal that receives from these levels of divinity which are already defined by these names. And this level, which is not applicable, which no name can apply to, is the level of Yachid, which we call Hashem, we can call Hashem Echod or Yachid. Echod implies that Hashem is one, but that implies that there is a Shani, there is a second, meaning there is a already a relationship to a, another existence outside of Him. But Yachid means that He's the only existence, not, the, not one. It means He's the only existence. Your only son, like it says by... Um, by Avram saying to Yitzchak, Hashem telling him to bring to for the Akedah, your only son. Yochid implies that he is the Yochid Yuchod is the only existence, essentially the only existence, meaning not he happens to be the only existence, but this is essentially, this is something that it must be. He's Mitzias. His existence must be, and essentially he is the only existence. She'eini be'erech v'geder Yochid ve'echot. Sorry, he's the only existence and his very essence, and he has no relationship and no comparison whatsoever. He's not within the realm of worlds at all. Which is why look at the air, the mask of Eid al-Avram. As explained, the air, the mind title of Eid al-Avram, the mask of Enyan Chanukah, Enyan Chanukah, the Enyan Yachid Bechad. As explained over there, these two men brought him about the ideas of Yachid and Echad, um, the difference between them, like I just explained. Yachid implying the true essence of Hashem, which therefore, from that, in that, in the true essence of Hashem, there is no room for worlds at all. He's the only being that can exist. There is no room, so to say, and theoretical possibility for worlds until the Tzimtzum. And the Tzimtzum is when you have a level of divinity which is already diminished and concealed and contracted and therefore can leave room for possibility of a separate existence. And that's what Echad implies, that he's one, but there's also a two, a second existence, the worlds. But they're bottled to the, the, the one, to the true, to, to the divinity which enlivens them every moment. So, 
And automatically, it's understood, self-understood, that it's not possible to apply to Hashem in His very essence at all. All these descriptions are the names, like the descriptions of, of uh, merciful, gracious, or the names of Kael, Elikim. So being that there, because being in, uh, from Hashem's very essence, there is nothing else which exists, truly. Nothing else exists besides Him. And therefore, Upon who should He be merciful? If He is the only existence, from Hashem's very essence, He is the only existence, like I said, and there's no possibility for a separate existence at all. So therefore, these names, which, which obligate, which imply that there is a separate existence, which He's being Menachem on, or Mechasid on, so therefore, all these names are not possible to Hashem's very essence. There is no possibility for another existence on Hashem's very essence. Even Shemavai, which is the Shema Etzim, which we've learned about in previous Emorim, which can apply to the highest levels of divinity, even that name is not possible to apply to Hashem's very essence. Because it's still a name, a name which is defining Him, which is relating to a level of divinity which already has a connection to creation. So, the Amitish Shmei Hashem's very, his true essential name, meaning a name which can truly be applied to his very essence. Um, this name is only known to Hashem in his very essence. This is the idea of a like it says in the Pirkei of Lezer, before the world was created, there was him, Hashem in his very essence, and his name alone. Hashem's true essential name is only known to only him, and it does not relate to creation at all. That's why it's known to only him, because it's his essential name, which means it's essential means only relating to him, and doesn't relate to any existence outside of him. There is no possibility yet for any existence outside of him. That's why it's his essential name only relating to him in his very essence. But that name is not known to us because it is his essential name, which implies that it can't be known to us. This is what's written in the, the notes of the Ramaz there on the, in the um, Zayar. Um, this idea of the Shmoi Ha'atmi, that Hashem's essential name is not known to anything else except for to him. And previously, or in the parentheses now, at the end of the page, Previously, and the other Maimonim are just referred to, we already explained a little bit about this Shmoi uh, Ha'atzmi, Shem Havayat, the special the quality of Shem Havayat. Inspired the Shmoi Ha'atzmi, who Shem Havayat. We explained that actually this Hashem's essential name is Shem Havayat, which that's seemingly a contradiction to what we're saying here. Hashem's essential name is something which is only known to Him. Havayat is already defining Him, so to say, therefore would have to relate to a level of divinity which is not Him and Hashem's essence, a level of divinity which already has a relationship to worlds. So we explain that Shmaya Atvi's essential name is a Vaibahainu Amitis Hayusei, meaning his true being, his true essential being, Bitchinas Mukhuyev Hamatsias, and his true essence, how he is a Mukhuyev Matsias, he must be, his being must exist. And nothing um, unlike every every other creation, which is only Afshari Matsias, it can exist if Hashem wanted to, but Hashem's true essence must exist. That is the only entity which must exist Hashem's very essence because if he, he, he always was is will be 
So the Shem, we said earlier that the Shem Avaya is the Shemaya Atmi, which relates to Hashem's true essence, which is the Mechuyiv Matzias. The Mishum Zeh, we're on the next page. Mishum Zeh that because he is the Mechuyiv Matzias, he's the true primordial existence, which must be he has the ability to bring into being a existence, a entity which feels itself to be independent and doesn't have any source, just like Hashem and his true essence is independent, truly independent. He therefore he creates beings which feel themselves to be independent. See what it says in the Shlo. He says, when we're referring to this level of Shem Avaya, Hashem, when it's relating to Hashem's true essential being, who's Mechuyiv Metzias, does not have the letters of Yudke Vavke. So therefore we see that there's a difference. When we say Hashem, Hashem Avaya relating to Hashem's true essential name, how he doesn't, how he's totally above relating to anything in creation, and he's the only existence, this is not the level of Avaya which we usually refer to, which would not apply to Hashem's true essence, which would, would already obligate that there is an existence of worlds. The Shema Atzmi, the true, which relates to Hashem's true essence, is not, as Shalom says, does not have letters. Letters are what define the word and what give a definition and what basically obligate it and imply that it has a relationship to an outside creation. But here, the Shema Atzmi of Avaya does not have letters even. Therefore, that's showing you this, that a level of divinity, a level of Shema Avaya, Shema Etzim, which is totally above the Shema Avaya, which we usually think of as the Shema Etzim. We'll stop there on the sec- two lines from the top of Reish Base.